In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. John's confusion is understandable. What is a righteous man like Jesus doing in waters meant for sinners? For many years, I too didn't understand Jesus' baptism. Perhaps most Christians don't. We might say, I know why I need to be in this water. I know why you need to be here. We are sinners. But Jesus is not a sinner. He is quite literally the only person who has ever lived who does not need the water of forgiveness. Previously, John had talked about the inadequacy of his baptism. I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And then suddenly there was Jesus asking John for his baptism. And John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And yet you come to me. John understood who he was and who Jesus is. One of us here is a sinner. One of us needs to be baptized and it's not you. I am not worthy to touch the strap of your sandal. How could I, a sinner, baptize you? Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. In other words, Jesus said, I know you don't understand this, John, but I need you to do it anyway. I must be baptized so that sinners may become righteous. When Martin Luther writes of baptism in the small catechism, he asks, how can water do such great things? That is, how can water work forgiveness of sins, rescue from death and the devil, and give eternal salvation to all who believe? The answer, certainly not just water but the word of God in and with the water does these things. Water has no magic sin-removing properties by itself. If we dump water on someone, all we have is a wet guy unless the word of God has been added to that water. Then we have a baptism. So why was it necessary for Jesus, a righteous man, to be in that water? Because this is the moment that the word of God is added to the water of baptism. Remember, baptism is not just plain water. It is the water included in God's command and combined with God's word. And Jesus is the word of God incarnate. If he does not step down into that water, then the Baptists would be right when they say, baptism doesn't do anything. John would have prevented it, but Jesus said, let it be so. It is necessary. And because the word of God was joined to the water on that day, now... Baptism, far from doing nothing, 
washes away all sin, bestows the Holy Spirit, grants adoption into the family of God, and guarantees entrance into heaven. Here's a question that will help you understand why Jesus' baptism was necessary. When you were baptized, where did your sins go? You see, when a debt is forgiven, and that's what sin is, a debt, it doesn't just vanish. That's what many young people don't understand. If the government forgives all student loans, it doesn't mean that they will all go away. It means that someone else will have to pay them. So back to the question, when you were brought to the water of baptism and your black sin-stained heart was made clean in that life-giving flood, where did your sins go? Consider once again the baptism of Jesus. When he came to be baptized, unlike us, he came to the water completely spotless, without a single sin. He went down into that Jordan River, and when he came up, instead of being made clean as we are, Jesus had taken into himself the sins of the whole world. And John, not understanding, would have prevented this. No, John, it must be so. We go to the water, weighed down, and come away in joy, freed from every burden. But Jesus, who had committed no sin, came up from that water, shouldering the terrible burden of every sin ever committed, every evil thought, every wicked word, every deed done in darkness. The day before, John had seen Jesus and cried out, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And now, as Jesus was baptized, on the first day of his public ministry, he began to do exactly that. Where did your sin go when you were baptized? What happened to your great debt? It didn't magically disappear. It was transferred to Jesus. Every last sin that you brought to your baptism and left behind in the water was put upon him. John was right. Jesus didn't need to be baptized, and yet the love of God for poor, miserable sinners such as us compelled Jesus to add himself to the water. It must be so. Isaiah spoke truly when he said, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. John didn't understand what was happening, but Jesus certainly knew what he was doing. By his knowledge, the scripture says, my righteous servant will justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. John couldn't see into the spiritual realm to witness the crushing weight of sin that had now been transferred to Jesus as he came up out of the water. But here is what John did see. 
Behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on Jesus. How could anyone ever say that baptism does nothing? The baptism of Jesus opens heaven. And when you were baptized, that is, joined to Jesus, everything that belonged to him was transferred to you, and likewise, what belonged to you was transferred to Jesus. Let it be so, John, for this is necessary to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus the incarnate word of God needed to be added to the water of baptism in order to fill you with his righteousness. And as a result, what was once his has become yours. Perfect righteousness before God, sonship with the Father, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and access to heaven. And all that once belonged to you, sin, debt, death, and hell, was carried away by Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. God forgives, not because he chooses to ignore sin or pretend that our debt doesn't exist, but because Jesus took every sin upon himself and paid every debt with his own body. There is only one currency that outweighs the sin of humanity, the precious blood of Jesus, and he poured it out willingly. Had John still been alive at the time of the crucifixion, perhaps he might have tried to prevent that too. Lord, we are the sinners whose lives are forfeit. You do not need to die. And Jesus would have said again, let it be so now, for this is necessary to fulfill all righteousness. And having thus begun his ministry, having gathered up every last sin that we shed in the waters of baptism, Jesus then carried them all resolutely to his cross. This was his mission, and love for you drove him on, step for step up the hill of Calvary. Nothing could deter him, nothing could stop him or turn him aside, until at last he cried out, It is finished. Our debt to God was paid in full. Not one sin remained. Not one penny was left unpaid. Righteousness for you and for all people had been fulfilled. What Jesus purchased at his cross is what he gives to you in holy baptism. Because he added himself to the water, baptism, far from doing nothing, now connects you to Jesus. When that water was applied to you, everything that belonged to him became yours. At that moment, the heavens were opened to you and the Holy Spirit descended upon you and God the Father spoke from heaven and said, you are my beloved child with whom I am well pleased. Righteousness 
has been fulfilled. In the name of Jesus, amen.